discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful. Thank you for this opportunity we have once again to hear your word, to be together like this. Thank you for your grace and your goodness, Lord. Thank you that this morning you bring your word to us in a new way, in a fresh way, and help us know what you have made us in Christ, what you have done through your son Jesus for us. And you help us know your, your, your son Jesus some more to your glory and to your praise, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in the house of God? Beautiful. I want you to just shake your neighbor, tell your neighbor you're welcome. It's good to see you. Hallelujah. So I've been sharing with you on uh, how to live the new life, isn't it? In Christ. How to live the new life in Christ. Hallelujah. How to live the new life in Christ. And I've tried to help us understand that we are, we are not just a body. Tell me, but you're not just a body. Understanding makes all the difference. The one who bore fruits, multiple folds, is the one who understood the word. Do you see? Is the one who had, who bore. The one who bore fruits is the one who understood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it's important you understand. Tell me, it's important you understand. The distance between your, um, your fruitfulness, okay, and your barrenness is equal to your understanding. Yes. Matthew 13, 23. It says, but he that receives it into the good ground, is he that heareth the word, and understandeth it. The one who received good, the seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So you must make sure you understand God's word. One of the major prayers to pray for your life as a child of God is to pray for the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 15, 16, 17, Paul mentions his prayer. He says, I pray. Wherefore, go to verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, after you hear of someone's faith, that someone believes in Jesus Christ, the next thing is to pray for him. Do you see? After I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What do I pray for? I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And that makes this happen. The eyes of your understanding is enlightened. 
so that you get to know what is the hope of his calling. And you get to know what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance that is in us. You will never know what is inside if the spirit of revelation is not functioning. So you need, to, you need revelation of God's word. It needs to come to you. It needs to come alive. It's so important. Tell anybody it's so important. It's so important. So one of the prayers I pray every day hmm, is this verse for myself. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So there's knowledge concerning Jesus Christ. But then you need wisdom and revelation concerning the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do you see? And that is what causes the eyes of your understanding to be flooded with light, to be flooded with the light of God's word. Then you can be fruitful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is why you need, you see, you need to understand the place of the servant of God in your life. You need to. You need to understand why you need to listen to messages. So important. If you don't listen to what is being said to you well, you'll be shocked that you'll be around in the house of God. You'll be a, you'll be a Christian for a long time, but you, don't, you can't find your way. So important. There are people who teach me. I'm not, I'm not self-made. <laughs> I cannot be self-made. I'm enjoying prosperity because I listen to some people. I listen to people who know what you are talking about and have experienced what they are talking about. And as I follow and listen, I begin to partake of what they have. Yes. So if you are not listening, you have a problem. Okay? Faith by hearing, isn't it? The more you hear, the more you know what to do. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse, uh, verse 15. Look at Jeremiah 3, 15. He says, I will give you, God is the one talking, he says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart. Pastors after my heart. Who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding? This is their duty. And the Lord is the one who gives you. The Lord is the one who gives you. You don't heap up people for yourself. You don't go looking for somebody. Or else you make a very big mistake. It's the Lord who gives you somebody. You see, you are not sitting here by accident. Yeah. If you can hear what you are saying, it's the Lord who has opened your ears. There are preachers in the country I can't listen to. I just can't. My, my, it's not that they are not good people. They are very wonderful people. They are great men of God. I was talking to a friend of mine concerning one, one, of, our, one of the fathers of the land. And I said, well, I can't hear him. I love him, but I can't hear him because he's not been given to me. It's the Lord who gives. He says, I will give you pastors. You don't heap for yourself. Because in the last days, there are those who heap for themselves. Probably I should show that one to you. There's, there's something that is going to happen in the last days. People with itchy ears will heap unto themselves. Teachers. Ah, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. It says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. <laughs> like what I'm teaching you, for instance. It's in our time now. There are people who don't want to hear what I'm talking about. It's too slow. It's too slow. It's too slow. Why, why do I have to now meditate on the word? There's a problem. I have to now meditate on the word and know who I am in Christ. And, ah, it's too, it's too long. That is why you have a problem. 
That is why you'll be consulting. And that is why you'll be hearing people who are not from God. <laughs> and who, who are going to take you to hell. Sent from, the, from, the, from, from hell. Isaiah, yes. 8.18, yes. Behold, I and the Jehovah whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the, world of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Verse 19. And when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. There are people who have familiar spirits. They are not from God, though. I tell you. There's one on TV. He's all over the place. He's not from God. But there are people. That our mothers are listening to them. Your aunties are listening to him. He's not he's from the devil straight. He doesn't know Jesus Christ. He doesn't preach the word of God. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything. I don't know what he's even saying. Chanting on stage. And people, everybody, thousands of people are there. It's a mistake. Is it because you don't want to hear the word of God? Because they don't want to hear, not you, by the grace of God. Because they don't want to hear the word of God, they have been given over to deception. Yes. <laughs> and the day the trouble starts coming, you'll be shocked. You can't, you can't bear it. The day the trouble starts coming, the day is because you are breaking the hedge around you. You are breaking it on your own by listening to some of these people and by following some of these people. You are just breaking. I'm talking to someone. You are just breaking the hedge like that. You'll be shocked. When they shall say unto, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep, they are around. And that matter, wizards that peep, and wizards that matter. Should not the people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Next verse. To the law and to the testimony, if they, if they, it says you should seek the word of God. Eh? The law and the testimony is the word of God. talking about the word of God. Seek the word of God rather. The message version makes it very From which verse? 19. When people tell you, try out the fortune tellers. Consult the spiritualists. Now the spiritualists, they are not wearing uh, red cloth with leaves around them. All. They are in the city, I tell you. They are on TV. They are wearing kaftan, I tell you. Consult the spiritualists. Why not tap into the spirit world? Get in touch with the dead. You know, there was one preacher who was on TV some years ago. You know, who, who talked to the dead for you. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't see it. Many years ago, maybe, maybe about 15 years ago, on this, in, this same, in this same Ghana. Yeah, Ghana is a very wonderful place. Everybody's allowed to be on air. Yeah. You call Docket's number, like where, you're, where the, the, the person is lying in the, in the mug. Yeah, you call the number and say, I've pulled it out. Okay, stand up. Uh -huh. What happened to you? Who killed you? Okay, okay. And then you'll be saying it and saying it. You didn't see it. You saw it. Oh, he's vanished. That's what happens. They come. And then just as fast as they came, the same way they also go. But then by the time they go, they have destroyed a lot of people's lives, destroyed a lot of marriages, destroyed a lot of homes, destroyed a lot of things. That's what they do. Tell them, no, we are going to study the scriptures. Study the scriptures. You think it's too long? You'll be shocked. If you think it's too, it's a, it's a long journey. Oh, it's too slow. It's too whatever. You don't know what you are missing. <laughs> no, we are going to study the scriptures. People who try the other ways get nowhere. A dead end. Frustrated and famished. They try one thing after another. 
I'm preaching. I'm just reading to you a verse in the Bible. When nothing works out, they get angry. Cursing first thing, God. First, cursing first this God and then that one, looking this way and that way. Up and up, down and sideways and seeing nothing. Next verse. But there will be no darkness for those who were, who were in trouble. Earlier, he, he did bring the lands of Zebulun. He's, he's gone to another thing altogether. The prophetic books, they just switch. It's any prophet just switches. Yes. Take what you know you, it can help you and then just move on with your life. Hallelujah. There's a time coming, he says, they shall keep unto themselves. Go back to that place. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own last shall they heed to themselves, teachers having itching ears. They will heed to themselves, teachers. They will choose. Oh, this person, I think this person will help me prosper. Yeah. People who are not correct. I think when I drink this uh, uh, concoction from the person's camp, everything will be fine. You are making a big mistake, I tell you. I'm speaking to somebody. That's why I'm still there. Yeah, I'm speaking to somebody. Yeah. But God gives you. God gives you. God himself gives you. Someone who has sound doctrine. Yes. Sound doctrine. I will give you pastors after my own heart. According to my own heart. Do you see? Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Their job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. They will help you understand the scriptures. They will help you understand the Bible, not understand something else. They will help you understand the word of God. Do you see? Yes. Not understand how the sun works. Or how the moon works. Or how the earth works. No, that is not the job of a pastor. How to curse people. How to take the sun from the ground of someone's footstep. And use it against a person. It's a mistake. That is not scripture. He may be quoting Bible verses, but he's not from God. He's teaching you something very dangerous. That will kill you. Yeah. He will not teach you how to read palms. What is palm reading? When did palm reading become a, 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 something to be taught in the, in the house of God? The last, we are in the last, as I tell you. Ah. Before long, you are, you are something else. You are a magician. Yes, you have seven or eight different items in your room and you use different things for different things and there's no Holy Spirit in your life anymore. You can't talk to the Holy Spirit to show you what to do. When someone does something wrong to you, you know that you need to take a certain horn and blow a horn in your room at, at 2 a.m. So 2 a.m. we are in your room, in your room. You have become demon-possessed. You don't even know. Yeah. You are throwing salt. Throw salt at 12.35 a.m. You lock people's destinies in your room. You lock the, you have a padlock. You mention a person's name. Kofi, 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 you are the magician. What's the difference between you? What happened to love those who hate you? What happened to what Jesus said? Yes, love those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. Bless and curse not. What happened to those verses? That are in the Bible. So I'm not talking about just any. I'm talking about someone who will bring you understanding into the word of God. 
they will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. And there's a classical example in, uh, in, uh, in Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 29. God, the Holy Spirit, told Philip, go and join yourself to this chariot. The Ethiopian eunuch was on his way to Ethiopia. You know, and she was reading the book of Isaiah like we were reading not long ago and we didn't understand. <laughs> it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, it's not a, a problem from today. It's a long time ago. Eh? <laughs> and he arose and went and behold, a, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority and a candidate, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. The guy had traveled for 2,400 miles, eh? So 2,400 miles, we had a poster recently that was calculating this guy's journey to church. The guy traveled, it's 4,900 miles or kilometers, something like that, either kilometers or miles, one of them, to church. Church is just here, you had the UPS here, you say you can't come. What are you talking about? Someone traveled 4,000 kilometers to go for church. You are just here. You are, you are in Pantine. Pantine here. You are in Pantine right here. Ask your neighbor, where are you from? Where are you coming from? You should be happy to travel to church. You know, one day, this is, uh, this is 2012. I was going to, no, 2000 and, yeah, early 2012. I was going to preach. You know, where I lived to church was very far. And I'd gotten to church late. I was supposed to start preaching at uh, 10. I think I got there around 10, 20 or something like that. So I was in a hurry. When I got there, I just, you know, went to church. I used to preach with a laptop at that time. So I put my laptop on the stage and I opened When I opened it and lifted my, my eyes to, to the congregation to try and start preaching, I saw an angel standing by the door. It was a very small place. Even the stage was big, it's bigger. Very small place where the church started, the cabin. Our first rented place. Small place. When I lifted my I saw someone standing by the door that was not part of the church. He didn't have wings or anything. He didn't have, it was not part of the church. Just like a human being, normal person, but with glowing. Do you see? And the person had uh, these um, pens that have feathers on it. What's it called? Quail. Yeah, that one. That one. Whatever it's called. And he, he had, an, he had, a, he had a, like a scroll, something like a scroll, like a book, but it, was, it looked like these normal scrolls. And he was writing something. And I, I got the opportunity to see what he was writing. It was magnified for me to see. And he had written the distance that I had covered. He had written my name and the distance I had covered to come to church. Oh, wow. wow. Yes. And the consequent reward that it comes with. From that day, I said, I, I don't care where the church is, I'll go. When I saw it, I was shocked. That even our distances to church is recorded wow. and will be rewarded for everything. Wow. On that day, when you stand before the Lord, the Lord will be giving rewards for things you are. Oh, this one to give reward for. This one to. So it's good you know what He gives rewards for and start just, just get involved. Okay? This guy had traveled miles to go and go and, and be, be in church. And he was on his way back to the house. He had gone for a conference, he had gone for a camp. He was going back. And as he was going, he was reading the book of Isaiah. He had gone to church, but he didn't understand the book of Isaiah still. So God directed this man of God to go and join himself as chariot and explain to him. You see, next verse. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. And he said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you are reading? 
But God was reading the scriptures and they didn't understand the scriptures. And God sent somebody to come and explain to him what the scriptures meant. Not something else. God gives you pastors after his own heart who explain, bring you the knowledge of God's word and explain it to you for you to understand and know how to function as a child of God. He gives everybody somebody. It's not an Old Testament concept. It's a New Testament concept. No matter who, I know scriptures that say that you, we know all things. First John chapter 2, verse 20, verse 27. Look at First John 2, 20, 27. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You know all things, right? Say, I know all things. He's talking about your spirit, man. If you know all things, how come you bomb the class, you bomb the exam? You bombed the exam the last time. Yeah. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know what? But how come you bombed the, the course? Ask me, but how come you bombed the course? How come you've not had 100%, 100%, 100%, 100% since you came into this life? Because this is in reference to your spirit. Go to verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. Say, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. You have an anointing from the Holy One. He says, it abides in you. And you need not that any man teach you. You don't need any human being to teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. This is, this is a verse concerning the Holy Spirit inside teaching us how to live. But that same Holy Spirit is also inside men that he gives to you to teach you to have understanding of his word so that you know who he is and have this function in your life properly. So he gives you somebody who will help you understand. It's so important. So important. It's so important. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have people. Do you see? Yes. The first person I started listening to, listening, like listen, is Bishop Dag. I started listening to Bishop Dag in 1999. I was just 14 years old. Yes, God opened my ears to hear him. And as I was hearing him, I heard him mention Kenneth Higgin. He was mentioning Kenneth Higgins' name. He was mentioning, and then I was uh, I was in uh, Professor Dem's his parents' library one of those days, going through some of the books, and I saw Kenneth Higgins' books there. I said, "Hey, this man, this man books are here." I started reading Kenneth Higgins' books. Wow. Between 99 and 2001, I read almost, I read about 60 of Kenneth Higgins' books. What? Yeah, 60 or 70 at a go. Wow. Every day I was reading a Kenneth Higgins' book. Yes, I was just 15 then, 14, 15, 16. Yes, before I went to secondary school, I had, I had, I had access to Ken Higgin. I was reading, 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 listening and reading and listening and reading and re- listening and reading. It was through Ken Higgin I got to know Kenyon, E.W. Kenyon. I started reading Kenyon's materials. The whole of university, if KNUST has Kenyon books there, it's because I introduced Kenyon books there. I'm the one who introduced Kenyon books to KNUST. All the people who sell the books, I told them there's someone called E.W. Kenyon. You need to sell his books. You can ask all those who are around. They will tell you. And they got it. And then it became popular on campus. Yes. Then not long after, I started hearing Pastor Chris. I think 2004. When I went to first year, I'd seen Pastor Chris on TV, but I didn't understand what he was saying. I I was not attracted to him. Then my very good friend in uh, university, you know, whose father is a minister now, told me that, Charlie... 
This person is also very powerful. You need to listen. Then I started listening in 2004. I realized that he was preaching what Kenyon had written. You know, he was just saying it. And he was living it. I started watching him as well. Three years later, I met Reverend George. 2007. Reverend George was preaching. I was there. I couldn't understand what he was saying. But I knew, I thought I knew the Bible. You know, I had a very, I thought I knew the Bible because I knew some things. And this man was preaching and he, ah, it's like I've never read the Bible before. I said, no, I have to start listening to this man as well. So I added him to it, you know, by the grace of God. God gave him to me. I started understanding him. So 2008, I was introduced, 2008, I was introduced to him, 2008, late 2008, physically. And then he started fathering me practically. Because all the people I'd been listening to, I couldn't have contact with them. This was the one I could have contact with. So I started, you know, a beautiful relationship with him. That has continued up to date. All these were related with them up to date. Do you see? Yes. And Bishop Oedipo, I started hearing Bishop Oedipo in 2010. I knew Bishop Oedipo, but I didn't, couldn't understand him. So you can, you can be seeing the preacher, but you can't understand what the person is saying. When it's time for you to understand, the, the Lord will give you the opportunity to understand. Yes. I started understanding him amazingly. Yeah. He came to Ghana for a meeting. You know, and uh, I started listening to him about six months before then. He came to Ghana for a meeting, and I had the opportunity of sitting right behind him. Wow. Yes, I sat, I was taken to the meeting by uh, my pastor who came to preach, you know, here two weeks ago. He took me to the meeting, and when we got there, he, they took us straight to the stage. The whole place was conference center, the whole place was full, the, everywhere was full. They took us straight to go and sit on the altar, the stage. Right behind the man of God. I don't know. To sit right. So I'm sitting here. He's right in front of me. Yeah. He was standing and preaching. I was like, man. That day I really took notes. <laughs> took notes, I tell you. You know. And I've been blessed by him ever since. So the Lord, what I'm trying to say is that the Lord gives you people. Who help you understand. If you don't get them, you're you are in trouble. It's hidden in men. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5. These are scriptures in the Bible. Scriptures. And they help you understand the Bible. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? Okay? Paul was a minister of the Lord. Apollos was also a minister of the Lord. The Bible says he was mighty in scriptures. He was mighty in the word. Do you see? Who then is Paul and who then is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. So God gives everyone someone by whom you believe. You don't listen to the person you will not believe. You don't listen to the person, you don't believe prosperity. You don't listen to the person, you don't believe in faith. You don't listen to the person, you don't believe in, in, in what God has done for you in Christ. You don't believe, you don't listen, you cannot believe. The only way to believe is by listening to the one who has been sent by God to you. God depends on human agency to bring us the word of God. To bring us understanding concerning the word of God. To help you understand the word of God. As his Holy Spirit also helps you. So, you see, the Holy Spirit brings a man who will guide you. As he guides you along the line. He's a main teacher. All of us are sub-teachers. Okay? Yes. But you need a man. You need someone to help you. You need some shoulders to stand on. When Samuel was going to hear from the Lord, when God was going to talk to Samuel in, in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 3, you know, Samuel was just a young guy in the church, enjoying himself, and then the Lord called him. Samuel. Mm, verse 4. The Lord called on Samuel and he answered, Here am I. 
Next verse, verse 4. And he ran unto Eli. Samuel ran unto Eli, his pastor, and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. You called me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. You see, God called the boy in the voice of his pastor. I'm not saying pastors are super, superhuman beings. No, I'm not. Listen, I'm a human being as much as you are. I got my problems like you also have problems. Do you see? But God has taught me not to look at myself along that line, to look at myself along the lines of who he has made me in Christ. And he's helped me to grow in the things of the Lord. That's what happens to every preacher. As time goes on, the preacher becomes the message. What he's teaching, he becomes it. You know, and then he goes on and on and on like that. But he uses the voice of those he has given to you to help you. Hallelujah. He ran unto Eli and said, Here am I. For thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. For thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down again. So this is the second time. Then the third time, the Lord did, did not. Now Samuel, look at this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Next verse. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Next verse. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down. And it shall be, if he shall call you, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called us at, at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of everyone that heareth, it shall tingle. He started talking to him. Now, God did not stop Samuel on those three occasions when he rose and went to Eli. He did not stop him. He did not say, hey, 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 Sammy, Sammy, I, the Lord, I'm the one who's calling you. No, God was depending on his teacher to teach him what to say. What did he teach him? He taught him how to respond to God, how to respond to the voice of God. God, God is God. God could have stopped him, but he didn't stop him. He was depending on the one he has given to him to explain to him what it means to receive from him. Yes. So even though God speaks to us, he always uses a human agent. He always does that for you to know that he's the one talking to you. For you to be sure that he's the one saying things to you. You don't rise up and say, God said to me, God said to me that this, so that's what I'm going to do. No, it should be confirmed by another. In the mouth of two or three witnesses is a matter settled. So someone must, you don't, you don't say, they say, I should, God said I should do this. No, 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 no. I hope you understand what I'm trying to talk about. God gives everyone, everyone, someone. <laughs> if you plug in, you'll be blessed. When I don't listen to those that God has given to me, I don't do well. I don't do well when I don't listen. To, I even forget that I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't remember that I'm a pastor. When I start listening to I remember, hey, I'm a pastor. Then I remember that ah, I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to do that, I'm supposed to do that. And then I receive grace to be able to do what I'm supposed to do. But when I don't listen to them, I mean, there's no life. I can't, I can't hear Hallelujah. Tell you about listening to the word. Read your Bible. 
You see, their, purpose, their, their, their aim in your life is to help you understand the scriptures. That's their aim. Their aim in your life is to build you up in the Lord. There are people I've mentioned. You've heard me mention Kenyon. You've heard me mention Ken Hagen. You've heard me mention there's Tealer's one as well. Tealer's one was also given to me some years ago. Okay? These are people you can read. You can read their documents. It will help you. Joseph Prince. We started listening to Joseph Prince when we were in university. Can you imagine? I heard him when I was in university. Yes. It was just in a small place. Over the years, it's changed. I visited his church earlier on this year. Beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful churches that I've ever seen in my life. Yes. The price of the church is millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions. Almost a billion dollars. Built by a congregation. Do you understand what I'm saying? The guy is preaching a thing and it is working. Don't follow a preacher who is preaching and there's no, there's, there are no works to show. There are no fruits. And the fruits are not correct. The fruits are not correct. Do you understand? Yes. The fruits are not proper. Hmm. Andrew Womack. Yeah, I listened to Andrew Womack. I couldn't hear him. My wife has spoken about him for years. I couldn't hear him. It's just maybe two months ago I started hearing him. But I've known him. He's, my wife is listening. I'm watching, him, I'm watching her listen. She said, this, this, this. I even bought some materials I couldn't read. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You can you just, when it's not time, it's not time. Just two months ago, God just opened my eyes. I said, hey, look at the, what the man is preaching. Wow, what a shock. This is a great man of God. I couldn't understand. I went to the city. I didn't go, to go and visit him. I, went, I came back home. I was in Colorado some time ago. I didn't, I didn't go and visit him. Because I, he's not been given to me. Don't do I want to share when you are there. Not been, it's not been, it's not been given to you. Do you understand? How do you say I want to share in English? Self-arrangement. Self-put-put. Yeah. These are people you can listen to. Okay. Yes. When you listen to them, you will know where I'm picking the things from. And you know where I'm taking things. You will know. You listen to Reverend George, you will know. Oh, yes. Yes. Hallelujah. I see your life going forward, I tell you. <laughs> One day I was sitting somewhere. Beautiful place. And I said, how did I get here? How? You know where I'm coming from. You know where I was born. I was born in Accra, in Dansoman. But do you know my house? No, 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 no. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be wearing what I'm wearing and standing before you and talking to you. No, only God can do these things. Yeah. But if you don't listen to the people He has sent to you, help you understand the Word of God. As you are reading your Bible, you 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 are listening. You are reading. You are listening. You are reading. You are listening. They are pointing things out to you, and and you are you are understanding. Hey, you'll be shocked. You stay where you are. You stay where you are for a long time. Yeah. Your prosperity is locked up in them. Can you imagine? Yes, yeah, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Your prosperity is locked up in the one that God has sent to you. It's locked up. Locked up. Yeah. And Jehoshaphat said to them, Hear me, O Judah, the second part, and ye shall, you, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Believing his prophets leads you to prosperity. Amazingly. The one that God, I'm not saying believe every prophet that is walking on the streets. Or everyone that is on TV. That's not what I'm talking about. Check if that prophet is using the scriptures. 
Check if he's explaining the word of God. Check if he's, don't, he shouldn't come and say, what God has given to me, I don't need the Bible for it. That is, that is a, a fake person right there. That is a fake person right there. I saw one of these uh, preachers saying something on TV. That, well, the Bible was written by people. It's nothing. You should put it aside. Danger. Danger. It's dangerous person. Red flag. Dangerous person. Anyone who questions the word of God, questions the Bible, questions all those things, has a very big problem. Danger right there. Who are you to question what God has given to us? What? Listen, the Bible is what can mention. Cyrus's name was mentioned years before he came, before he was born, before his parents were born. His grandparents were born. Everything before he, he was born, his name was mentioned by God. That I, I, my, my, my son, my servant Cyrus. What are you talking about? Eh? Josiah was mentioned at least 500 years before he was born. 500 years before he was born. Yeah. And what he would do, all the things that he would do, was mentioned by a prophet of God. Yeah. Many years. You say what? You do even know what will happen tomorrow. Even what happened to you two days ago, you have forgotten. You say what? The Bible is nothing. Slap that person in the spirit. Slap that person in the spirit. <laughs> yeah, yes. They are mentioned, yes. Isaiah 45 1. That says a lot to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding. He was not born. Check, you see. Hallelujah. God gives us men by whom we shall believe. Our prosperity is locked up in them. Hmm. Hosea chapter 12, verse 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. So by a prophet, the Lord will deliver you. Yes. Our deliverance comes through the people that God sends to us. How, how do they do it? Through the word of God that they preach to you. Through, you see, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13. Look at Isaiah 5, 13. The key to, uh, it's not that the person will, the, the prophet will say, Ah, me o kuku shashe. Me o kuku shashe. Ah, shagala bayaba. And then we'll say, okay, take a powder, take powder. Put the powder in your armpits. Yes, uh, and uh, buy this special cream that I have. This special cream and this special powder that I have, I want to bring you deliverance. Ah, ah. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. The word of God is enough. The spoken word is enough. Nothing else. What are you talking about? All this direction, dilation that is moving around. Dilation, dilation. What do you mean? What do you mean? Dilation that has that costs so much. Costs so much. Are you okay? What is wrong with you? Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. How? Why? Because they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. So what the prophet of God brings to you is the knowledge of God's word. That's what he brings to you. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The just, the righteous ones are delivered through knowledge. And God sends his servants to bring them knowledge. Knowledge of God's word. Proverbs 11, 9. And he proclaimed his mouth, destroyed his neighbor. But through knowledge shall the just, through knowledge shall the righteous ones be delivered. Is that the deliverance of the just, the righteous ones. You are righteous because of your new birth. 
when you get born again, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You see? But the righteous can be in captivity to one thing or the other because of the lack of knowledge. So he says, it is through knowledge that the just shall be delivered. What does the prophet of God do? He brings you the knowledge of God. He says, I'll give you pastors after my heart who shall feed you with knowledge. They feed you with knowledge and with understanding. That's what they feed you with. For what purpose? For your deliverance. For lack of knowledge, my people perish, isn't it? Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed. My people, God's people. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because I has rejected knowledge, I also reject you. So you shouldn't reject knowledge. Knowledge of God's word. That is where, that is what brings us into greatness. Knowledge of God's word is what brings us into greatness. Knowledge of God's word. So when I see someone giving the knowledge of God, I become excited. Yeah, because deliverance is coming. Grace is coming. Blessings are coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The things we are sharing with you is bringing the knowledge of God. You know, on Wednesday, I stopped somewhere. Okay, when I was preaching. I mentioned, the last verse I mentioned was Philemon. Philemon 1.6, if you remember, on Wednesday. Look at, let's look at it. Philemon 1.6. You know, Paul is writing to Philemon and then he says that I pray that the communication of your faith, the sharing of your faith, the expression of your faith, the communication of your faith, the, the, the release of your faith, okay, will become effective. Like your faith can work. Things can work around you. How are things going to work around you? How, how is your faith going to become more effective? How are you going to become more fruitful than ever before? He says, by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You must acknowledge every good thing. So when the knowledge comes, you have to start acknowledging it. Do you understand acknowledge? He's talking about looking at it. Agreeing with what God has said concerning you. God wants you to agree with what he has said concerning you. Is he? Because you can move around and not agree with what God has said concerning you. Look at uh, Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 5. Oh, my people. Say, oh, my people. Oh, my people. You see, oh, my people. This, this is a, a verse with emotions. Oh, my people. Like God is worried. Oh, my people. Remember. Tell me, but remember. Oh, my people. Remember. <laughs> Remember now what Balak, king of Moab, consulted, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Shittim unto Gilgal, so that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. He says, if you get to know the story concerning Balak and Balaam and Israel, what they tried to do to Israel, you will know the righteousness of God. You will know how God looks at you. How is God, what, what is God seeing? When God looks at you, what does he see? Does he see your sins and your problems and your wrongs? <laughs> You'll be surprised that that's not what God is looking at. You are looking at that. You are looking, you are using your mind, using your body to describe and point yourself out that I'm a very bad person. I'm not a good person. I'm a sinner. I'm like this. I'm like that. You see, and the more you believe that and the more you say that, the more that happens to you. These are spiritual principles. 
when we say spiritual principles, we are not talking about someone shaking somewhere or uh, speaking under uh, a person shaking. Ah, my children, my children. That is not what we are talking about. We are talking about understanding how God does his things. Okay? Yeah. Divine administration, yeah? Understanding how God does his things. These are spiritual principles. What you keep looking at is what you become. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as you are thinking, if you think you are a sinner, brother, you'll be a chief sinner. You do things and you wonder, am I the one who did this? You start singing that song. Is it me that have done this? You'll be shocked at yourself. You see, because as a child of God, your life receives progress by how, what you are looking at. What you keep looking at is what you become. What are you seeing? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself the way God wants you to see yourself? Or God is seeing? God wants you to see the way he sees. So he says, read this and you will know what I think about you. So let's read it. Numbers chapter 23. Go to Numbers 23. Let's read from verse 1. Now, this is a story concerning Balaam, Balak. You know, Balak was a king. And they had, they had noticed how Israel was conquering everybody. And they decided that, Balak decided, Balak decided that um, he needs to contract a prophet. You know, this guy was a sorcerer. You know, a seer. In those days, anybody who could see whether I saw through sorcery or whatever was called a prophet. You know? So, they consulted this guy that he should come and come and curse Israel. So that they can have advantage over Israel. Do you see? Balak wanted to attack Israel physically. But he's smart. He knew that he shouldn't do it physically first. He must attack spiritually first. Before he can. Your victory is in the spirit. When you win in the spirit, you win in the physical. It's also another spiritual principle you need to understand. That is why before you, before you start anything, you need to pray. You need to fast and pray. Tell anybody, you need to fast and pray. You need to be assured of your victory in Christ. Yeah. In the spirit, before you move. You are starting a company, you just... Let's, let's start the company. You will start, but it may not work. You're a child of God. You're starting a company. You need to pray. You need to fast and pray. Not what the, 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 the church has said you should do. You should fast and pray on your own. <laughs> you should fast and pray on your own. What the church has been doing is to help you train yourself. So that when it is time for you to fast and pray, you can stand and fast and pray. Why are you fasting and praying? No, you're not fasting and praying so that God will do something. You're fasting and praying so that you can position yourself for what God has already done to flow through you. That's what you're doing. Your fasting and prayer does not change God. You know, there are some people who believe that their prayer is what makes things happen. So there's a song rolling around. If I don't pray something, something, whatever, whatever. Your, your life, listen, your life is not based on your prayer. Your life is based on what Jesus has done for you on the cross of Calvary. Your fasting does not change it. Your prayer does not change it. Your fasting, your prayer positions you for what to understand what has been done so that the power and the blessings can flow through you. That's all. So I can believe what has been done. It's not your fasting and prayer that changes anything. It doesn't. But if you don't fast and pray, you will not know what has been done for you. The word of God is enlightened to you as you fast and pray. That's why you must fast and pray. You have to go on a long fast. 
praying concerning your business. Lord, your perfect will concerning this business. Lord, let everything flow as it's supposed to. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I know you have good plans for this business. I know it. Thank you that those plans are working, flowing. Thank you that my mind is open to hear from you concerning this particular business, to know what to do. The Holy Ghost is working in me. I know what to do. I know what to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You'll be shocked that what your body prevents your spirit from giving to you will give away. Your body will just give up and your spirit can flow through your mind. Bring what is in your spirit out through your mind to your body, to your environment. That's how we fast and pray. I don't think that some people feel that it's their fasting that makes it's that their fasting. You believe in fasting, you don't believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in fasting, you don't believe in Jesus. You believe in prayer. So when you're praying, you pray hard. You pray with all your strength. Why? Because you, you believe that it is your prayer. Do you understand? Yeah. You believe that it is your prayer that is making a difference for you. No, it's not your prayer. Your prayer dies. I don't do anything. Yeah. That is why, you see, there are preachers who think that it's prayer and fasting that makes the difference. And so they are praying and fasting for results. And they are not seeing the results. And they become frustrated. And they end up becoming drunkards. Become whatever. Yes, because they think that it's a prayer and a fasting. They think that the power is in the prayer. And the, the power is in Christ. It's in Christ in you. That is, the, that, is, that is it. It's not about us. It's about what he has done. There's nothing you can do to do anything. He's, just, he's done everything. I cannot tell you it's because of my fasting and prayer that I'm here. Fasting and prayer. No, 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 no. I fast. I pray. You'll be shocked. But that is not my, my greatness. And my abilities is not based on my fastings and my prayers. My grace, the grace that I enjoy, eh, or the things I enjoy, is because of the grace of Jesus Christ. So there's no boasting. I cannot pocket and say, you know, when I went on a 40-day fast, that's when everything started changing. Then everybody wants to do 40-day fast. And everybody is dying. They are coughing blood and then uh, <laughs> no these are things you don't discuss these are these are personal things they are, they are your dealings with god yeah your relationship with god it's not it's not yours if you are led to fast fast yeah if you notice that you need to fast you, you have to fast hallelujah, hallelujah. see I'm, I'm going forward say it again see I'm, I'm advancing on every side of my life i'm acknowledging Every good thing that is in me, in Christ Jesus. One of the good things in you eh, is righteousness. Eh. You are not a sinner. Stop calling yourself. You have called yourself a sinner. Now you are a master sinner. You are a senior, senior sinner. Hey, stop saying that. Rather declare your righteousness. Yes. I'm, a, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says, read and you will know. You will know. So go, go back to that place, Numbers chapter 23. So these guys come, they are coming to curse Israel. They set up an altar. And then the prophet comes, stands by it. You know, this guy is a sorcerer, remember. He stands by it and he tries to curse Israel. Go down, go to the next verse. Next verse. Balaam said unto Balak, stand by your by your burnt offering, and I'll go. Peradventure, the Lord will come to meet me. And whatsoever he showed me, I will tell thee. And he went to a, to a high place. Next verse. 
And God met Balaam and he said unto him, I have prepared seven altars and I have offered upon every altar a bullock and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return unto Balak and thus thou shalt speak. Next verse. And he returned unto him and, he, and lo, he stood by his burnt offering, his burnt sacrifice, he and all the princes of Moab. And he took up this parable, his parable and said, Balak, the king of Moab, has brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east. Saying, come, curse me, Jacob, or curse me, Israel, and come, defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? How shall I curse whom God has not cursed? Or how shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? How shall I defy whom the Lord has not defied? Next verse. For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone, and shall not be reckoned with among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of, of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let me let my last end be like his. And Balak said unto Balaam, What? What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse my enemies. And behold, you have, you have blessed them altogether. What are you talking about? And he answered and said, Ah, must I not take heed to speak that which the Lord has put in my mouth? I must say what the Lord is telling me to say. I can't change it. And he answered and said, Next day. And Balak said unto him, Come, 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 let's go to another part. Come, I pray thee, with me unto another place, from whence thou mayest see them, that thou, that thou shalt see but the utmost part of Let, Let's do another direction. Let's go another angle and see what will happen. So they went to the other angle. They sacrificed their sacrifices. Balaam went to go and talk to the Lord. When he came back, go, go to the place where he came back, and he started talking. When he came back, he spoke and said, Next day, that's 18 now. And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has, has he said it, and shall he, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Next verse. He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. He has not beheld iniquity. God has not beheld iniquity in, in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. And the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He has, he has as it were, the strength of an unicorn. He goes on and on. He says, surely there's no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what has God wrought? It is what God has wrought in his life. God says, I have not beheld iniquity in Israel. There's no enchantment against him. Meanwhile, if you go into the camp of Israel, there are so many foolish things. Prior to this, snakes had bitten them because we were fooling around. That's Numbers chapter 22. A lot of foolish things, a lot of things, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. Insulting Moses, Aaron, everything that you can think about. But God said that I have not beheld iniquity in Israel. God says, I can't see their problems. Why? Because of the sacrifice of the bullock, the sin offering that was sacrificed for them, covered them for one year. And so... As long as that sacrifice is done, eh? as long as that ram is killed, the sin offering is killed, as long as that the Lord's goat is killed, which is the representation of, the, of righteousness, he can't see. All he sees is that they are secured. 
That is why Israel's greatest sin is idolatry. Israel's greatest sin is what? Idolatry. Why? Because when they get into idolatry, they forget about the sacrifice they're supposed to make to God. And then there's, no, there's nothing covering their sin. So they have to be. God has to be. God can't see, so I mean, things happen to them. So God always told them, do not, do not serve either God. Do not serve, serve other gods. Don't. Because when they do, they forget that they're supposed to make some sacrifices. The sin offering must be given. The burnt offering must be given. The burnt offering and the sin offering all represent Jesus Christ. Jesus is our sin offering. Jesus is our burnt offering. I told you last week, when the offering is accepted, the offerer is accepted. When the offering is inspected, the offering is what is inspected, not the offerer, the offering. And as soon as the offering is inspected, they say, it's okay. The offerer is okay. Jesus is our offering. Jesus is our offering. He's our offering. And because he's accepted, we are accepted in him. We are in Christ. Therefore, God does not see us as sinners. How does God see? God only sees righteousness. So you may be busy saying, I'm, 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 I'm a sinner. I'm doing... God doesn't see what, he doesn't see what you're talking about. Yeah. He doesn't say, what are you talking about? This should give you confidence in life. That's what Bible says that who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who? It is God that justifies. It is God who has declared you not guilty. Why are you declaring yourself guilty? Because of something you did. Hmm? Ask your neighbor, what did you do? Tell your neighbor, don't answer. Something. And you do, you do something and the, the weight of the condemnation weighs on you so much that you don't want to be in the house of God anymore. There are a lot of people who are not in church today eh, because of what happened yesterday or what happened some years ago. They, so they don't, they don't want to come to church. They don't want to go to church. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about the church in general. They are not going to church because the preacher is also standing and saying, you, you are a sinner. Look at your head like tomatoes. The Lord is against you. The Lord is watching you. Meanwhile, you see the one who points a finger like this has how many pointing back? At least three are pointing back. He has many problems. That's why he's talking like that. When you're walking in the righteousness of God, you can tell the people of God that they are the righteousness of God. I said you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. You are secured in him. So, I was telling you, when God looks at you, he doesn't see, your spirit man is sealed. Your spirit man is perfect. Your spirit man is complete. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. So sin cannot have entrance in there. Sin cannot have any entrance in there. Can you imagine? That when you do something wrong, it doesn't affect your spirit. Your, your spirit man is sealed. The problem is that it affects, your, it affects you in your mind and in your body. So sin, I'm not saying that, ah, I'm the righteous of God now. No, so Charlie, dude, freedom, what's the next thing we can do? That's not what I'm talking about. You see, the, the grace of God does not teach us to do that. The grace of God teaches us that we should deny ungodliness. And Titus chapter 2 verse 11. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that deny ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, righteously, and soberly in this present world. So in this present world, grace teaches us to live what has already happened in our spirit. Sin corrupts your mind and corrupts your body. But it doesn't do anything to your spirit. Your spirit man is okay, it's secured. Righteousness is in there, it's sealed. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. When you do something wrong, it starts, it starts worrying you. Worries your mind. And it worries your body. 
someone who is into fornication all over the place, can contract HIV. Well, it didn't affect your spirit. It affected your body. Do you see? Yes. Someone who is into lying, who is lying all over the place, lying all over, will give a bad perception about you. So you come into an environment and all the people, you see, everybody looks at you on the outward. God is the one who looks at the heart. And you must learn to look at the heart, your heart, what is inside. But everyone looks outside. If you are going to be qualified for a job, it depends on how you are thinking and how you look. You can't go with, the, uh, with your face looking like a lion. <laughs> eh? Tell me, but you can't go with your face looking like a lion. With your teeth not brushed. Not dressed well. You not comb your hair. And then you go, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Give me that job. They are not going to give it to you, brother. They are not going to give to you. The job is mine. It doesn't work like Everybody looks on the outward. So you must allow the righteousness of God inside you to affect you on the outward. Do you get it? Because everybody, if you are going to be qualified for a job, it depends on how you are looking, how you are talking, how honest you are, all those things. You, you can't be a liar and get certain types of jobs. It's not going to work. They, they will not give it to you. You know, I know someone who you know, was getting a very big-time job with a certain big company. Okay, this is a true story that happened just some few months ago. Big time, whatever. Christian. And they had this thing that they were doing, and the person lied. It's blue. You say it's green. Everybody seeing it's blue. You say it's green. Ah, why are you saying it's green? Instead of repenting quickly and saying, I'm sorry for saying, I, some, I thought it was, I'm sorry. The person continued consistent. This is a Christian who knows what I'm talking to you about. But was consistently lying that this is blue. It's green. And the people said, no, we can't, we, can't, we can't work with you. If you are going to be doing this, and this person was in training. It's just training. After the training, you are going to pay about $10,000. After the training, you are going to pay $10,000. Pay for accommodation that you cannot, you cannot think about. Huge, whatever. Everything, every bonus you can think about. And because of a lie, she was, he, she was taken away. He, she was removed completely. Yeah. You see, the, the person still has Christ in, in him or her. It's still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Still, still is. It's not affected the spirit, his spirit, his, his she spirit. <laughs> but he, she has lost the opportunity. Because of lying. Because of lying. Yeah, because of, just because of lying. Simple lie. He, she did not allow what is inside to influence what is on the outside. And that's where the word of God comes. You see, I told you that the word of God is a mirror. The purpose of the word is to show you what is happening on the inside. So that you can, it can be mirrored into your soul and mirrored into your body. As you look, you are changed. As you behold, you are changed into the same image. God is not seeing your sin. He's not seeing any of those things. Now you must see yourself the way God sees you. As you see yourself the way God sees you, through his word, you, your experience becomes what, is, what God sees you as. You see, your soul is like a valve. It's like a, a tap. There can be a lot of water 
in the house, in the polytank in the house, or in the tank. Polytank is a brand. In the tank in the house. You know, now tank is polytank, isn't it? Even if it's uh, another brand, we call it polytank. <laughs> they have become so popular. Yeah, it's a blessing. You can have a lot of water in the tanks and not have access to it because you don't know how to turn the knob. Turn the, what's it called? The tap, the valve, for the valve to open, for the water to flow. You can be thirsty and die. The faucet, you can't, you can't turn it. Your, your mind is like the faucet. That needs to open for what is in your spirit to flow out for you to enjoy physically. Do you see? That's why he's telling you, acknowledge every good thing that is in you. In Christ, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Renew your mind. That's what the Bible talks about, renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see? You must get to know. That's why you listen. That's why we read. The more we read, the more we get to know. If you don't read, you never know. You'll be never know. you never know limited. Yes. And you always be limited. Because you don't know. And your, your, your outside experience will be so contrary to what has happened to you on the inside. So contrary. So knowledge. Getting to know. And agreeing with it. You get to know. You agree with it. That's how to live the new life. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the life of God working in me. Life and immortality are working in me. Can you imagine? There's a scripture I love so much. Second Timothy chapter chapter one, verse ten. Yes. Let's read from verse nine into verse ten, so we can understand it. Okay. He was talking about God. This God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works. No works. Please remove works from your life. Okay. Works of fasting and prayer. Don't fast and pray because that is what that's your means of. Uh, Cutting God's blessings. No. We are blessed in heavenly places in Christ. Our fasting and prayer positions, positions us in order for the blessings of Christ to flow through us easily. That's all. Not that your fasting and prayer is what makes you blessed. It cannot make you blessed. If you are depending on that, then it means that the one who is not fasting and praying will not be blessed. And it doesn't happen. I've noticed it doesn't happen. Someone is not fasting and praying, but it's like he's seen some things in his life. And you are, you are fasting and praying strong, whatever. Because you believe in the fasting and prayer more than what Jesus has done for you, it doesn't work. The reason why a lot of things don't, doesn't work is because people believe in their works more than they believe in the works that Jesus has done. The gospel is this. This is the gospel. First, go to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2, um, verse 1 and 2. This is the gospel. I'm going to talk about the gospel. I want to show you the gospel. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom, or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing, to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus Christ, the person, and his work, the crucifixion or the cross. Jesus and his cross. The person and his work. The work has already been accomplished. Jesus did everything. For by grace are you saved, not of works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. 
For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So God doesn't want you to boast. Some people boast in their prayer and fasting. I don't know why I'm talking about prayer and fasting a lot. But some people boast in their prayer. My, because I, I, you do know who I am? Yeah. Do you know who am I? Yeah. Ah, I'm a spiritual matule. And then they are sick and they are not getting healed. And someone who is not correct, who they know is not correct, who they know is not proper, comes to the church, receives what is being said, boom, they get healed. And then they are wondering, God is not fair. Look at, look at me. I've been doing all this. I've been serving the house of God. You think that it's your service in the house of God that entitles you to the blessings of God. No, it's not. You are serving God because of your love for him. Wow. If you love God, you serve him. If you love God, you do everything for him. Oh, yes. That is not what qualifies you for blessings. We are qualified because of Jesus Christ. We're already qualified. Everybody's qualified. Everybody's qualified. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Everybody's qualified. Look at Colossians 1, 12. Go to 11. Strength with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's read other versions of this. We don't understand. Meet, no. You think he's, uh, he's meeting you somewhere. Amplified. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified and made us fit. You are already qualified. Tell anybody, you are qualified. I'm qualified. You are qualified. qualified. You are qualified for the blessings. You are qualified for the goodness of God. You are qualified for the prosperity of the Lord. You are qualified for the health of God. Why? Because of what Jesus did. God has made us. He has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion with the, which is the inheritance of the saints. God's holy people in the light. So you have an inheritance in him and he has qualified you for that inheritance. You are already qualified. It's not your fasting or prayer that makes you qualified. It's not your giving that makes you qualified. It's not your tithing that makes you qualified. Doesn't mean we shouldn't give tight. A, a non-tighter has a very big problem. A non-tighter is someone who gets, you get um, um, pineapples. Or you get, you, get some, you get a fruit. And you eat the fruit with the seeds. You have watermelon. You eat all the watermelon with all the seeds all the time. And you never plant anything. Are you seeing it? That's what a non-titer is. A non-titer is someone who eats all that comes to him and does not plant any for the future. So with time, as time goes on, there will be nothing to enjoy because you never planted anything for your future. Titing is planting for your future. The tent, all the tenters are agreeing that all that God gave to me, all that I have is from God. And I'm saying thank you to him with my, with my tenth. The tithing, the tithe is declaring to God that I believe that Jesus is alive. I believe that Jesus is alive. Therefore, as I give it to him, I know that my future is secured. The supply, continuous supply. And non-tithe is one who eats all that comes to him. All that comes to him and never plans anything. So the future, you may have problems in the future. Yeah. Because a farmer can be blessed, but he cannot stand in his farm and say, corn, corn, and then corn comes. Mm, what do I need again? And then it comes. Is it true? You can't do that. No matter how blessed a farmer is, the blessing shows forth when the farmer plants. When he plants, then the Lord does his own by bringing rain. And the Lord does his own by making the soil, you know, viable for him. The farmer must plant something. You get it? The tithing is planting something. Seeds is planting something. Offerings is planting something to secure your future. But that's not, it's not your title. That's not, what, that's not the, what secures the blessing. No. 
You get it? It's a means for the blessing to show forth. Without that, the blessings will not show forth. Practically for you. Yeah. Positionship. That's like your fasting positionship. God who has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Not according to our works. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace. Which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Verse 10. But it's now made manifest. By the preaching, the appearing of our, of our Savior Jesus Christ. Who has abolished death. And has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So the more you expose yourself to the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ and his cross. The more you expose yourself to Jesus, the person, who he is and what he did, and his work on the cross, what he did on the cross for you, the more life you enjoy and the more immortality you enjoy. You see that you look like this for a long time. Yeah. You are not growing older. You'll be 50 and you still be looking like this. You'll be 60 and people will be wondering, ah, what's happening? Are you not? You're exposing yourself to the light of the gospel. Jesus and his work. Not based on your work, his work. Prosperity is mine. Prosperity is mine. Why is prosperity yours? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. It makes you love Jesus more and more. When you, it makes you, you have to, all we, all we have to do is to look at him. The way to live the new life is to look at Jesus. To read about him. To read about his work. What has he done? He has given me his life. He has given me his righteousness. He has given me his health. He has given me his power. I have power. I'm anointed. Jesus has given me his anointing. You will not be looking for anointing all over the place. No. He's giving you his anointing. And your fruitfulness is based on what he has done for you. Your faith becomes effective as you acknowledge everything that has been done for you in Christ. Lift up your hands right now and just rise up on your feet. Thank God for what I shared with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.